0: I'm Jack Semlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2017 Strip-Till Farmer Podcast Series. Today's program, part one of Measuring Precision Payback in a Strip-Till System, is being brought to you by Novatel. If this is your first time joining us, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this podcast series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Or if there's another app you prefer for listening to podcasts, let us know. We'll make every effort to get it added here as well. And by subscribing, that will allow you to get an alert when upcoming episodes in this series are released and also the chance to go back and revisit older episodes in this series. Thanks again to Novatel for their support of today's program. Novatel's GNSS receivers and antennas are found in the data collection, control, guidance and steering systems of the world's top precision egg companies and vehicle manufacturers' products. Their TerraStar correction services provide sub-meter or decimeter accurate positioning around the world anytime. As the global leader in OEM precision positioning technology, Novatel customers rely on them to provide reliable, quality solutions that optimize growers' productivity and efficiency that save time and lower input costs. Visit www.novatel.com or call them today at 1-800-668-2835. Well, precision farming tools are a part of many strip-tiller systems, and while technology often improves efficiency and productivity, it can also pose adoption challenges. During the 4th Annual National Strip Tillage Conference in Omaha, we assembled a diverse group of farmers for a structured, yet at times spontaneous dinner conversation. With a focus on strategies, objectives, and outcomes of utilizing precision farming systems, the discussion also touched on influential factors when making precision purchases and the significance of having a reliable support network. At the table with us were Carrie and Angela Knuth from Mead, Nebraska, Jeff Reince from Shell Rock, Iowa, and Tim Leisner from Parkston, South Dakota. In today's Strip-Till Farmer podcast, we share part one of selected excerpts from our roundtable Strip-Till conversation, touching on defining precision objectives and early payback. Appreciate you guys being here, you know, kind of taking some time to kind of join us here for this dinner. But really, I think the idea here was over a nice meal to, to just kind of have an informal discussion, uh, networking opportunity for you guys, but also for us here at the table. Can everybody kind of just go around and introduce themselves? Wanted to, you know, learn a little bit more about what you guys are doing with Precision Farming and your strip-till operation and, you know, kind of have just a few topics and questions that we wanted to chat a little bit about, you know, figure you guys can kind of share some things uh, amongst each other and and with us. But during the course of the meal, you know, kind of keep the conversation going. Don't want to keep you guys all night, but, you know, I figure I'm going to exchange some ideas here and, and chat a little bit. But. Um, so just kind of full disclosure from my standpoint, I'm Jack Simlick, I'm the managing editor of Stripto Farmer, kind of in charge here. Appreciate you guys being able to join us here. So my role here was informal moderator of the discussion here tonight. We have Chad Hudipole here with us as well. Uh, from Novotel, we've got James DeGraff, Mike Lesseter, who are part of our staff here. So, you know, want to keep the conversation not real structured, but just wanted to kind of hit some maybe themes and topics here to, to chat about amongst the group, you know, so we'll kind of just go around. I said we could just maybe start with introductions, you know, and everybody wants to go around and read you guys a little bit about what what you're doing. As far as strip-till, the first topic to tackle would just be Share a little bit about what, you know, What your investments been in precision, the tools, the strategies you guys have kind of utilized on your farm, whether it's, you know, in your strip-till operation, but, you know, maybe just kind of an overview, you know, what, what have you seen to this point? Uh, as
1: far as precision, just for anything, for overall the whole operation? Yeah, well, I mean, you can okay. talk about strip-till maybe
0: specifically, but. Um,
1: I'm Kerry Canute, uh, we're in Nebraska, just, just about 20 miles east of here, my wife Angela. We've been strip tilling since two uh, thousand five. Before that, we're doing full tillage. Done a little bit of no till soybeans, but got into strip till, um, kind of with a triple colder system, and liked it. Putting nutrients on in the strip, y- you need to have precision to be able to do it. Of course, we were strip till with a twelve. Let's see, well, so that? Ray like? 12, yeah, Ray Ross, but twelve row, twelve row rig with a thirty six row planner, So you had to definitely have precision to make those strips. And if you we we weren't at the time we were like 4 inch accuracy so we could see missing the strip and not working very well and uh, then we went to an 18 row strip tow machine another one from Ray Ross and so we could at least be half the planner and then make that work a little better with precision but then we got as far as now we have RTK right on both the planner and the strip tow machine so they were 1 inch accuracy so we're hitting the trip, strip perfectly uh, we started that and we actually prototyped for John Deere uh, their eye guide in 2008 in terraces and hills. And it worked really well be able to follow strip even in hill ground. We really love strip till. It, it, it's still what we call, I mean, we, we no-till all of our soybeans. Strip till is what we like for corn. We do we do our no-till hills now. Um, it's just too hard. I got an even bigger planter, so it's a little tougher to... Get it all done, and so we strip till our level ground. But strip till We also
2: went from spring to fall.
1: Yeah, that's true. In a knife. Yeah, so going from the triple colder to and doing everything in the spring with nutrients, now we go with, now we go in the fall, which we like it in the fall better. Basically, you're stripped and get mellowed out and down and ready, and all you got to do is plant in the spring. So we really like that. We can't put nutrients on in the fall, like nitrogen. We're working you know, on that. Yeah, we're, we're working <laughs> on some different methods we want to try. What
3: strip till equipment do you have? Uh, blue jack.
1: Blue jack.
3: Okay. On your eye guide, is that active control on the toolbar or is that passive control? Like do you have a uh, on the ground steerable axles on the No, on the- well we're not
1: we're not John Deere anymore. They were discontinuing eye guide or supporting it anyway. I think they they still have it, but if the support was going away. So we actually changed tractor brands. We've got some Agco, cone, we've got some claws. So we went to Trimble and so it is a just a true satellite one inch accuracy system. And so I have no coulters. It's all
4: just truly off satellite. And works really well.
0: So Jeff, what, what
4: about you guys? We're in northeast Iowa, Shell Rock, Iowa. If you got a brent grain card, it's made four miles from my house. I've so. had him since nineteen eighty four. Yep. Nice. Good Probably friend of mine there. started the whole company, Mike Van Mill. Uh it's so. all I know Mike too. Oh do you? I do him, yeah. Okay. Small yeah. yeah. <laughs> Price cards, no tilling back in the late 80s, early 90s. Wasn't satisfied with that. Then went to the Ross and colder cart with the planter hanging behind it. Now you weren't hanging the planter behind no, it. I could have. I did. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. That kind of worked. too wet, uh, sticky ground, you know, planting one second after you tilled up the ground in front. Uh, then we went to a fall strip till through two thousand and seven and then two thousand and eight switch just the opposite what well, you did. We went to all spring strip till with the Dawn pluribus on a Harvester National Bar. Started originally with a 16 row for about five, six years and then went to a 24 row Dawn setup. So and then we're applying we basically run that a day ahead of the corn planter is what we like to do. Putting on all our P and K with that about a third of our nitrogen and then side dressing the balance of the nitrogen. And then I farm with my son, Clay, who really should be here talking all the precision stuff, not me. I'm too old for this. <laughs> and then another individual, Bruce Swinton, that farms with us. He's worked for me, but he also farms about 800 acres along with our operation, That and he owns a little bit. He owns the soybean planter, which we're... Basically, no-till planting soybeans, 15-inch row splitter plan and stuff, so that kind of covers our operation. As far as precision, like on that strip-till toolbar, it's a Trimble FMX 750 or 1000. And using the passive implement steering, so there's a globe back on the toolbar communicating with the globe on the tractor pulling it. To get that accurate gap row is what. And then a lot of times planting corn then, and Clay runs a corn planter, they've kinda of put me back just in the sprayer. But uh, which is okay with me. Probably half the time he's just driving the planter. I mean, you're you got twenty-four markers to follow instead of one like we always did. I mean, when we started in the mid nineties, we had no auto steer or anything. I mean we were uh eight row shank strip tiller and eight row planter and you just followed it and 97% of the time you're on the strip. Yeah, if you got off, there was, you could definitely see the difference, but it worked. And we're fairly rolling. We're probably a third flat, a third B slope and a third C slope. It's kind of what our typical terrain is. Are you mostly a specific
3: color on the farm or rainbow colored farm? Uh, pretty much red. Pretty much red.
4: Can't you tell? I, I, I assume that I, mean, I should sure. <laughs> No, actually it wasn't even free. But, uh, we have a very... That's brand loyalty when you pay to wear it. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: Uh, no, I've been pretty much ready equipment. Um, my dad originally was Oliver's back when I was in junior high learning to farm and all that. But then he switched to ready equipment we got a very good dealer right there, five miles from our house in Waverly. And I'll that service guy. manager has been there for 37 years. That's Smith? Yeah, yeah, the old Smith International. Now it's a part of the Titan yeah. conglomeration, like everything, you know, whether you're John Deere with Van Wall, or or whatever, or Case with Titan, or whatever. But, so yeah, we've been pretty much all great equipment.
5: How about you, Tim? Uh, Tim Lechner, we uh, farm southeastern South Dakota, about an hour and a half west of Sioux Falls. We do not strip till at this time. We've been no tilling since 02, I believe. My sons are back farming, and they're pretty much running the operation. I'm just a senior advisor, more or less. <laughs> and I help a little bit on the marketing. Run two 24 row planters. Uh, we no till all of our beans and probably 40 to 60% of our corn. Still looking at strip-till. Uh, we're just late. In South Dakota, we're late in, in the game as far as tiling. So that's kind of our main emphasis right now. We're trying to mm-hmm. lease the ground that we own or that we rent that we know we can get a contract. Or let me take that back. Land that we rent that uh, are willing to spread the cost over 10 years or else pay us out if we lose the contract. And we've got some of that. but. Uh, we're still looking at strip tilling just we run quite a few acres and fall strip tilling is almost impossible in our situation but we're looking to get there eventually so it's impossible what's the limiting factor is it terrain time 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 Time. there's too many acres
3: on running two planters, are those typically run in the same fields together or are they running separate
5: both both. Yeah, depending how far we're out on uh, the weather, you know, if we got to pull 1,500 acres up north, we'll run both planters there. And it's just almost impossible to strip till in our operation without hiring somebody and then, you know. Is so there much custom, guys who are doing custom strip There are till some, things? yes, but not, not a lot, you know. And then you uh, put your name on the list and you might get done and you might not, you know. <laughs>
3: Is there a specific color that's primary on the farm? Or?
5: Uh, we started out red, we're switching away from red. Having some problems with the company on their combines. We had issues with planters back in 05, 06, so we're lucky. We got Kinsey planters, red tractors, I got a yellow tractor. Uh, we're just Kinsey carts. So we're kind of multicolored, <laughs> but we are switching. Um, international or KSIH. They need to step up their game. I'm not, I'm <laughs> to the point where it shouldn't be that hard. So
0: in terms of precision, uh,
5: what's what's the scope of what you guys are utilizing? Um, we have Kinsey planters with precision equipment on, um, auto steer, sprayers, auto steer, down pressure, and all that stuff. We're pretty much all precision planters.
0: Are you guys kind of uh, pretty diverse as far as the uh, brands of precision farming technology you guys have? <clears throat> or you
5: mentioned precision, but... I really can't answer that question specifically. (laughs) I really can't answer that. Like I said, I'm (laughs) semi-retired. So, you know, as you guys obviously with your experience with
0: some of the uh, the farming products uh, on your operation, what are you seeing as kind of some of the distinguishing factors of of what you guys have seen with the systems you're running, things that maybe, uh, you know, you feel there's room for improvement on, challenges? maybe that you've encountered uh, as you've kind of adopted some of these
6: tools into your system. Jeff Humber, you were mentioning earlier that you've kind of switched your operations up a few times over the past, you know, 20 years yeah. or so. I kind of want to recap what you were telling me out there about kind of the, you know, pros and cons of some of the practices you do.
4: Well, i said say when we were originally the Ross and strip till unit, well, the no-till was just never happy with the corn performance. Mm-hmm. No-tilling and we are kind of earlier in- innovators in the no-till, and just struggling with that, and then went to the and own till, and i say that. I like the nutrient placement and stuff, but just running that planter, hanging on the back of the colder cart, just limited a lot of times when you could be planting. I mean, we I can't tell you how many times, especially if you wanted to run into the night, stopping and taking a putty knife to scrape the mud out of all your gauge wheels, and, all that and like I say we went to the fall shank machine and like all that was basically done with just markers and you know standard changes brackets if you want to change fertilizer rate and keep guessing and maybe have a little 150 dollar calculator in there so at least you knew how many acres you did at that time to kind of come up with some close to calibration number yeah the first 16 row bar i think that was a trimble also but then some of that being compatible, like when we start side dressing, it'd be nice if one monitor could control everything, you know, with the case tractor and planner, that's all with the Pro 600, now the Pro 700. And I think they're getting closer where that could almost run the strip tiller too, but at the time we got it, that software wasn't available. And then we're also utilizing now in the last couple of years, the 2020 planter monitor and and the climate app and sending everything to the cloud and all that. And then we also are doing some variable rate fertilizer application. We're a single mix applying. We can change the rate of that mix, but we can't change like the ratio of P and K on the go. And then also with the planner doing some variable rate population. We got some soils, they're extremely variable. You get some of that river sand and then you're down in the valley and you're in some of the best dirt you got and then you're right back up to the gravel you know we'll be varying our fertilizer rate population on that
6: that's what you're saying about one monitor you want to be able to run off yeah. operations on. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean you might be able to test to this a little bit but i mean last week i was at the InfoA conference and the kind of the overarching theme is they're trying to find a way how can i get my fertilizer you know seed placement. Whatever you got, five different things running. How can we consolidate this into one app, one desktop application? Mm-hmm. Basically, every station I talk to, you, especially with the Novatel, I'm sure that's a goal that you guys are pursuing to but, an extent, maybe.
3: Uh, so with novatel we work with just the positioning that's aspect right. of it, okay. um, and then our you know our customers would be Raven and Ag Leader and uh, Kinsey, those type of companies. Okay. So. But that's what a lot of those integrators are working toward, mm-hmm. all, you know, all those companies. And same with Case and, and Agco and the whole ISO bus movement is part of trying to achieve that. But everybody seems to come out with their own new invention that they want to protect. And then all of a sudden you've got a lot of the system working together, but then maybe one particular item that doesn't. It really is a million the dollar question. <laughs> and then it grows, grows on. In terms of, so, you know, doing your strips or, and actually not even necessarily the strip-till aspect of it, what are some of the challenges you've seen from when you first got into the game to maybe now, even just go back to the satellites, you know, when you think of maybe if your first yield monitor and such, you had the big D or the little D, I don't know if anybody, I used to work at Ag Leader, so I'm going back to some of the old yield monitors that... Um, There's the little D or the big D or a dash, and or just says GPS, or whether you have a green light. What kind of challenges have you had in that, from maybe day one to to where you are today? And has any of that impacted your decisions on whether you're purchasing that particular type of thing again?
4: I guess for us, I mean, (laughs) it's (laughs) I'll say as, as I get a little older and stuff, what's so frustrating is okay, well, finally. Every year there's a new software update or something. You get in the combine and you kind of, you know, you haven't played with a smonder for 10 months. And you take it in, there's new software update. Things are a little bit different than what they were. There's just that learning curve. And it'd be really different if a guy worked with this thing every week. You know, just like working at your home computer. You basically know your whole operating software and stuff. But where this kind of thing lays on the shelf for 10 months. And it's just constantly changing that occasionally I struggle with that. And I got to call my son. What do I got to do to switch varieties in here if I'm here and want to map this? And... You
6: know, it's funny you say that because I was just visiting the farm around St. Louis last week. And that's one of the things. They're, they're excited about all these new features on this equipment. But one of the biggest flaws they, they claim is that a lot of manufacturers, the, the products are designed and built strictly by tech people and they don't have enough actual farm people can put mm-hmm. it's Amen. great that you can, it's great that you can do 80,000 things but when every button does 80,000 different things I mean it's, it's, it's not the tech guy that's actually going out and, and utilizing it so I think there needs to be some more yes. crossover and kind of get some more transparency you know mm-hmm. and simplification of how those things work so what do you, what do you how see you get
1: well I was thinking of uh, just that everything needs to be compatible with the softwares you use back in the office. Everything can be drawn up in maybe one software. I know, I mean, we have, I don't know how many different software platforms, but if you could draw up, you know, just like we're done for prescriptions and prescriptions for whether it's seed, whether it's fertilizer, path of the field, guidance lines, if all that can be done in one software package somehow, but they would they would just like merge somehow. So we use Ag Studio. If everybody talked to Ag Studio, so we just do that all in one. Angela can have that done before we even get to the field. Versus going, well, oh, I did this part. You know, I did the part in precision for your planting, but now I got to go work on the trimble for the guidance lines, and now I got to go work on the fertilizer. It's like just stressful,
0: right? Yeah, frustrating.
2: Yeah, guidance lines were a big issue for. I mean, they're getting a little easier, but just moving those, like we were John Deere and then we moved to Trimble, so they're on a different, mm-hmm. they're, you know, Trimble's parallel, where everything with John Deere meets at the North Pole. So we had to change those, or we had to go out and redo do all of them, and nobody could tell us how to do that. So incompatibility is huge, and it's, on the back end, is really bad.
5: Um, how did you figure that out? How did the you know? internet? <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> went on Ag
2: Talk, I think it was, and somebody was talking about, uh it was very simple, actually. Uh, SMS converse it for you, just like that, mm-hmm. by the <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah. But yeah, taking taking the data out, they're starting with the John Deere, uh, my John Deere. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're starting to move that, the data seamlessly, but it's still not where it needs to be. And plus, you don't have the option of not putting it in the cloud if you don't want them to have your data. And I think that's totally wrong.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that should not be happening. Um, yeah, or you should have the option of being able to download it to your own server, and then if they wanted, they can add it for a mm-hmm. few the dollars. Price. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yes, exactly. sure. sure. So mm-hmm. you mentioned before that you, um, you were using the one-inch accuracy, or but then you, you followed it up saying something <clears throat> made me uh, kind of pique interest in you. Are you using uh, like an RTK network or are you using RTX? RTX using so, RTX. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So coming back in when you're doing, you were know, doing, for instance, you said you had the basically 12-row with 36. Were you seeing any issues lining back up, uh, you know, some fields more than others? So back at that point, we were deer. And okay. So
1: their best accuracy was 4-inch. So, yes, we did have problems because then it could move on you. Mm-hmm. And so you were off. You could be off two-thirds of the time or you could be off a third of the time or you could be straight on.
3: So, yeah, that was difficult back then. And that's just up to the the operator to be paying attention and then manually shift track. Shifting, yeah shifting over yeah so now you're on rtx are you seeing that you're having to still manually watch it or don't kind of set it forget it yeah it's it's good guiding lines
1: they they always stay there you know we, we we built them um you know the ones we did move and then we redid some we had to redo a few but, no, they're they're what we use all the time, and we're great with it. As you go into multiple years. Well, the sprayer has problems. Yeah, the Trimble and a John Deere sprayer don't work very good. So that is one, one issue we are having. Tractors work good. But, again, the sprayer is going, you know, 10, 11 miles an hour. Something with Trimble and John Deere sprayer He's, is not. We think
2: it's that, not that driver, but we're not sure yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's my brother, I can say that, so.
3: <laughs> so, um, you what? What are some of the specifics between the Trimble and the John Deere? Is it just that the shift track is getting off, or is it more steering related? More steering related. Okay.
1: Yeah, he can be end of the row, and and I never run the sprayer, so I don't know. But you know, he'll will say just eventually be sliding over, and then it'll come back on,
3: and we've tried to work work through that, and can't seem to get through that. So sprayers are very difficult to steer because you start out with thousand gallons of fluid and so you calibrate it that way well then as the, the mm-hmm. load goes on you end up with 600 gallons sloshing all over the place and then you get down to 200 gallons it's not moving very much weight and then your implements are different good
4: point
3: whoever figures that one out will win the race
4: <laughs> such <laughs> a higher center of, gravity, high center, high gravity, center of gravity skinny tires yep <laughs>
3: okay and even soil you calibrate on a sandier soil, and then you get to start working fields that are clay, and you get you know the different flex, especially as a, with a fully loaded sprayer. So that's a challenge that's not just going to be with John Deere or Trimble. Okay. And there's just so many variables in that scenario compared to your tractor, where your tractor typically stays the same.
0: We'll get back to the conversation shortly, but I want to again recognize and thank Novatel for supporting this podcast. Novatel's GNSS receivers and antennas are found in the data collection, control, guidance, and steering systems of the world's top precision egg companies and vehicle manufacturers' products. Their TerraStar correction services provide submeter or decimeter accurate positioning around the world anytime. As the global leader in OEM Precision Positioning Technology, Novatel customers rely on them to provide reliable, quality solutions that optimize growers' productivity and efficiency that save time and lower input costs. Visit www.novatel.com or call them today at 1-800-668-2835. Reflecting on the discussion so far was interesting to hear about some of the compatibility challenges the farmers were having when it came to integrating different applications, whether spraying, guidance or planning. Everyone at the table acknowledged that technology compatibility is an ongoing issue, even as companies work toward improved functionality across brands. As was noted. One of the obstacles is that some of the new software and hardware systems coming to market are still proprietary, lengthening the compatibility curve. Let's get back to the discussion now and hear more from this round table on Farmer's Entry Point into Precision Guidance.
3: When did you first start into getting into the GPS tech aspect? Like what was some of your first purchases
4: with throwing the GPS receiver on. Uh, when we switched in 08 to the spring strip till and went to the 16 row and we steered, and that was an absolute disaster. Titan had a heck of a good deal on, and and I had a blue tractor for a while. You know, that's all case New Holland. That New Holland super steer front axle with the Trimble 500 monitor that totally incompatible. Because if if you ever looked at that New Holland Supersteer and they don't even make it anymore, the way they got their narrow turning radius is the geometrics kind of underneath your front end, when you start to turn left, it actually shifts the frame of the tractor a little bit right. It's almost shifting the frame of the tractor on your front axle. And that just totally goofed that thing up and, and trimble even admitted. We, and yeah, we don't quite have that rig figured out yet. And we, we made it work. And so that was our first attempt at, with the auto steering and stuff. And then as we... Was that integrated or did you have a, like an easy steer? With no, it was all, integrated. Uh, integrated? Okay. And that's, and this is just me, because I'm not that technical savvy, but they keep talking all this auto steer technology out on the road, the Ubers, the semis the dollars we spend to try and make a tractor go straight at six mile an hour, and they think they're gonna have cars going down the road at 70 mile an hour. I mean, it's that just mind boggling to me. And I know I don't know the whole package that's out there, but we're overpaying, aren't we? But something, something, something ain't right there. And then for, Besides the strip tiller and the planter, most of the other field operations, if we're going down corn rows, side dressing, or I'm spraying, that's not on auto steer. Okay. I make my AB line, so I'm painting the field and helps me get into the right next set of rows. I got the Ag Leader Integra in the the Hagen sprayer. I got the the older dual tank, DTS can. Then I'll auto steer doing 15 inch row beans, and then I'm just on a a wasp system. You know, I'm not looking for that repeatability either.
3: Is the other system on? um, That's on on, RTX. That's on RTX as well. Yeah. On both you with RTX, um, in terms of like your pull in, I'll call it pull in time, where you start up in the morning to when you get the green light that you're ready to go, is that an obstacle at all at times or? We have the RTX
1: fast. Yeah, the fast converge on, on two of them. So it's not a problem but Yeah, the third one. I didn't choose it. So 10 minutes, I mean, just make sure you turn it on right away.
3: Do all your other things. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, this is where I, I travel a lot. So it can tell you own your equipment, it's your own equipment. You're not just an operator because in other regions, the operator doesn't do that. Turn it on and wait thing. They'll just turn it on and literally go straight to full throttle. <laughs> yeah, which most of us in this region would just cringe at that scene.
4: I mean, like I said, I don't run the strip tiller. Bruce runs that. But pretty consistently, there's a time period in the middle of the afternoon. You just got to stop, shut down, reboot. You just lose that signal. It's about 3.30 in the afternoon for whatever reason, whether that's the satellites going over northeast Iowa or some other interference but that's... Is that more
3: on your Ag Leader Integra or more on your Trimble? Or on both? the Trimble. On both? And that,
4: is that still your Trimble 500? or did No, you upgrade that's... Into,
3: that's a 750? Yeah, that's a 750
4: with it. Yeah, I don't see it on the Integra when I'm spraying, but like, say, I'm not auto-steering or, you know, I am rate controlling with it and stuff, but... Do you know what receiver
3: is on top of your Hagee? Is it round or square? <laughs>
4: Yeah, you think I'd know that? Wouldn't you?
3: <laughs> Pretty sure that's
4: round. Did you buy it from Ag Leader as well, or is it from maybe it came from somewhere else? I really don't know where that receiver was. One that we had on one of the other tractors with the Trimble Five Hundreds originally, that's or sweet. whether that almost want to say I bought that from maybe you know Pete Youngblood. I know Pete very well. <laughs> I figured if you've been at Ag Leader and you guys look about the same age and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if Pete, you bought it from Pete, then I know what it is. Okay, yeah, Pete put in the whole system. There again, we ended up, just on that, ended up a minor wiring issue that just gave me fits for about a year. Some little diode in a cable. I would, on that Hagee, you got a master boom switch, basically a dimmer switch on, your, mm-hmm. on the floor. Mm -hmm. I could shut off my boom with that, but to have the boom come back on, I'd have anywhere from a zero to 20 second delay, and you never knew what it'd be. So, you know, like you're trying to cross a waterway. If I ran all five individual boom solenoids, individually, no delay at all. It was only with that. And Pete swore, nope, that's gotta be Hagee wiring. that to be Hagee wiring. (laughs) Nope, end up. Yeah. Some little diode in that one cable. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that
3: was uh, that was there. It was designed for a reason that never really ended up being a real. It never developed into using that reason. It just became a headache at
0: times. So when you guys, um, you know, have kind of looked at some of those purchasing decisions you've made, you know, what do you see as kind of some of the biggest influencers? You know, is it brand name? Is it reputation? Is it you know maybe uh, word of mouth? Is it, you know, something that you kind of are hearing and, you know, when you're adding some of that, those technology pieces into your operation, you know, what's, you know, what's kind of driving that decision-making process for you guys?
4: As far as getting the different brands or whatever, we look first at the dealership and how long he's been there and the quality of people. That's kind of Um. why we're with Trimble. We also work with a, Johnson drainage plows. We built some of his equipment, the tile stringers and stuff, and, and Johnson worked real close with Brady Colbert or Mid-Tech Services. was a big Trimble dealer for the ag side and the construction side, and you know, they're going to be there forever. It seems like, and not to pick on our local John Deere shop neighbors, it seems like every year they had a different technician in there that had a different twist on stuff and it just was always changing. So that's kind of why we need that dealer support. And like now working with Ag Leader and Pete on that, I think the world of Pete for what his knowledge on this stuff and that's that's what we look for.
3: And Pete's kind of the type of guy that understands the entire operation. Yes. He's not a planter expert, he's not a combine expert, he's not a, Mm -hmm. a data expert, but he understands the entire ball of wax and come up with a solution for the system compared to somebody who's more or less trying to sell the combine and this is just a piece that comes with the combine.
0: you guys, carried? I'll go on the um,
1: on just the side of the technology you know we started out with um, the first one of the 170s the trimbles in the sprayer just for a mapping system and light bar and and then as as things went on is they got the technology of you know the auto steer even though it was maybe three foot accuracy and then get to one foot accuracy then having the boom sections and all that a lot of this technology we like being innovators so you just it's not like you got to have it but you see that it's going to benefit you then what i mean yield monitoring we were that doing that since 99 whether we get a lot out of hours, some of that data yet <laughs> you know but it's all <laughs> progressing and we're getting there but I, we don't want to farm without it now things are progressing so well you know like we have the 2020 precision in the planner you get very good accuracy out of there with the iPad in there. Like we said, we don't like it going the cloud, but you, you have to have that. It, it shows when one row is messing up, and it, it'll stop you. I mean, nobody's had that technology. It's great to have that. Uh, now we're going to have it. We've been um, prototyping it in our wheat this year. Um, they hooked the precision to the clause combine that we have, so the reading clauses yield monitoring. You know th- that was great to have. It's going to be great in the corn soybeans to be able to put. All the information from the 2020 so the planner information will be right there in the combine i mean not that i need it in the combine but at least back in the office we've got all that and emerges really well
2: well down the road that would be more yeah. important when you're variable rating whatever that'll yeah make a big difference if you want to go back and you know have a check when you're out there at the time because otherwise yeah you don't get back to it in the winter time <laughs> as often as you should so
6: you know
1: satellite imagery we're using not so much drone, I get, we've had a little a little bit of drone going on, but things There's like a, that just uh, to make a difference.
2: Mm-hmm. You know it's not going away, so you have mm-hmm. to engage it sooner or later, so we decided to go sooner. So, and then on the technology, why you chose it, um, we just kind of got tired of John Deere charging us for everything. <laughs> you, know, you can talk to a tech without being charged for it. And then they sold us to the My John Deere, and uh, they were going to charge us for um, asking them how to transfer, you know, upload and download the (laughs) files. They'd never taught us, but they were going to charge us for it. And then we ended up figuring out, telling the local dealer how to do it.
5: Send him a (laughs) bill. Yeah, right.
2: So just, we just, I mean, we just, you know, My John Deere, you had a question that that you had to have a a subscription or you you know well then they would change
1: it all to where you go through the dealer so the
3: dealer was going to charge you Mm -hmm. so there's no support whatsoever so then you said now you're kind of a a yellow slightly yellow fleet um get trimble equipment who do you i mean you you don't mind me asking who do you go through for your support now uh
1: well uh titan has a trimble to titan yeah and um and the gentleman that there was actually a Cytec was a company here, local, Sci- that yeah. Cytec, you know. So Trimble had them and then they discontinued the farm side of it and then Titan picked up the guy that we started working with that we bought our Trimble from. But our, you know, it goes back to, so we were a John Deere and once we switched to the clause tractor with a John Deere planner, we could have we run a John Deere in the Claas, but I said, this is the time to switch and let's go to Trimble because then we have an Agco tractor too. And one thing about it, the Trimble guy that worked for Cytec the salesman and technician always came around and he was just he was just there for us if we needed him. And that was really great support that he was just going, if you ever need me, I'm here. And then one day he walked in the shop and I was like, I think we're gonna need you. You know, what can you do for me? And man, he was there and built what we needed and, and he's always there now for support. I mean, we meet with him quite a bit and we're, we're not being charged for it. Yes, yeah. that's, that's good support.
4: Were you doing business with Titan before that arrangement?
1: Not really, no. because so we, we have opening nothing. up a world of a dealership to you because of the precision yeah. Yeah. guy that you've trusted. Right.
2: And the downside to Trimble was that we didn't realize, didn't even think to ask, was just in the sprayer, they don't they don't track your input as far as all you can do is, say, water. So we're, with John Deere, we were putting, putting our mixes in and tracking Mm-hmm. each input in, in the mix, and then that helped because we have a lot of 50-50 uh, crop share, so he has to do splits, and John Deere was the closest out of, uh, you know, so that made it a lot easier to go through. And now now we have absolutely no, not, we have total volume, but that's it, and Only that's one. that's kind of weak.
3: Even splitting the data, because Trimble uses a poly-shaped um, polygon with the data aspect of it that that... You try to really zone in on something. Sometimes that can even be tough to uh, split up the yeah spray you know, spray wise data.
2: Um, harvest data, I guess I um, we bring it into uh, actually here from map shots. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they change if they can change that where I can look at it.
3: Typically, the combines gone so much slower. There's so more data. Polygons are smaller. Okay, so
2: so yeah, the, the spreader data. I, I don't know. We've we're yeah. back to we're, we're back on to, that. yeah. <laughs> it's not. We've asked them to do something about it, but I mean, just let us put our mix in there. How hard is that?
3: Right.
2: I don't know. Maybe it is hard. And which
3: use. display is that with
2: FMX? That's one One
1: thousand. We're using. Uh, we have far mobile. Okay. We have that in all our equipment. Okay. So that, that helps you that, track. But that, that, that's again. just again, it's
2: just volume. It doesn't give you help you track your mix. Right. Like what Steve Brock was saying, if you if you're into specialty crops and you have to prove what you're doing, and all we have on our spray maps is water, <laughs> and they wanted to make sure that you didn't put atrazine in there. I mean, they can mm-hmm. see from our tickets, but they don't know where that atrazine went. So if you added, I mean, it's just you can fudge that, yes, but it's just another mm-hmm. another way of proving.
4: Right, because that's how I keep track, because I'm spraying for all. Three of us and custom work and and in my Integra, yeah, I put in every mix. Yeah, I get done that field. I applied eighteen hundred and twenty-one gallon of solution and whatever eighteen hundred and fifty ounces of Roundup and yep. so many pounds. I mean, yeah, that's how I. Mm-hmm. divide everything out and That's build. That's what we miss, yeah. That's
2: what, yeah, it's, we didn't even think of a- asking that question because we didn't think that somebody didn't have that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of important when you're spraying.
5: <laughs> so when you are
3: making that switch, so you said basically why you are switching away from John Deere, what, uh, did you just come across Trimble because of the person? Like, were they pushing also, did they have other options they presented you with? Um, no, it was just Trimble and he was just
1: there for- it was the, know, personal the personal relationship is, relationship is yeah, what drove okay. that direction. Yeah, and, and and also the, well, you know, because of the uh, RTX that they have. So we had two farms that we had to have our own base stations on with deer because it, cause that goes off a, a network, a yep. dealer network. So, you know, he kept telling me, he was like, no, I can do that off satellite. You don't need the base stations out there anymore. And that was very handy too. So, but, but he, but him being there and telling us that we can do this with the trimble, you know, just got me going, Hey,
0: let's go that way. But... Well, thank you to each of the strip tillers for sharing their perspectives and pathways for precision technology adoption. And again, we'd like to recognize and thank Novatel for supporting this strip till farmer podcast. And I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program, so feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessetermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. And if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to this podcast series on iTunes or the Google Play Store to get an alert when upcoming episodes are released. And I'd also encourage you to keep up on the latest strip-till practices impacting your farm today by registering online at striptillfarmer.com for our free Strip-Till Strategies e-newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at f a r m r and on our Strip-Till Farmer Facebook page. Well, I hope that you'll join us again on September 15th. And for the next episode in our 2017 podcast series, part two of our precision roundtable discussion from the fourth annual national strip tillage conference for each of the farmers who joined us for this roundtable discussion Novatel, and our entire staff here at strip till farmer i'm jack semlica thanks for listening